Hey, welcome to the Risen Nation Church podcast. We're so happy you've joined us. We at Risen Nation Church believe that we are called to prepare a place for God's presence and God's people. If you'd like more information on how to connect or volunteer or even to partner with us in this season, you can find out more information at risennation.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and having a lot of options to getting rid of that and saying, here's the tree of life, eat of me, and I'll remove all options. And so, so uh, with, this, with this place, you know, we were gonna go into the building of Grapevine, and honestly, I love it here. I, I know that it's the first week, but there's something special about this place, and we're just gonna dig our feet in and see what the Lord does on Saturday nights. Like, we have no plan of going to Sunday mornings anytime soon, okay? So it's gonna be fun, so we'll see you again here at 6.30 next week. And we'll start on time. Um, but Jathan, I want to honor you, bro, and William. You, Jathan was here till 3 a.m. setting up this new sound system, and they're incredible. So Joey, Pastor Joey and I just got back from Bakersfield, California, where we're going to be holding a dwell. And if you don't know what dwell is, um, Risen Nation Global is the ministry arm of, of Risen Nation Church. And we're going to begin these dwell conferences that are centered around this Psalms 132 cry that David had. And this vow that he made that I won't put my head to the rest of my bed, I won't give sleep to my eyes until I find a place for the Lord. And if you're new, what we say in this house is that this is a place for the Lord. We have one desire and one intention before we equip you in gifting, we desire that you come in and encounter God's presence until we become a habitation. Because the days of just Holy Spirit move, we, we want a Holy Spirit stay. And this was the beautiful thing about David is, is that David in, in 2 Samuel 7, he, he just brought the glory of God into his city. Like he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. And even after having the conference and bringing the presence in, he still had this desire in his heart to go, I don't just want you to come into my city. I want you to stay in my city. And so this is the premise of dwell, is that we build on this heart that says, Lord, we want not just locally, but globally habitations all over the earth and use us to strengthen the local church, to equip the local church in nothing other than his presence. Because there's two types of churches in the world. There's one church for people and there's one church that's about him. And so we don't wanna be a church that's built on programs that bless people. We wanna be a church that's built on the presence of Jesus that transforms people. Amen? All right, so we had an amazing time, but. During this, this season of us putting dwell in place, the, really the three pillars that God is telling us to build on is worship, intercession, and a community that's marked by his presence. And that is a local, those are local pillars, but those are also what he's asking us to take all over the world. But tonight, I wanna focus on intercession. The Lord has been showing me something, and corporately as a body, we are gonna begin to lean into this. Where's, where's Kevin and Morgan at? Kevin and Morgan, we don't really have a name for them yet. Maybe revival, maybe intercessor. I don't know what you are yet, but they're gonna oversee our prayer and intercession and our worship sets that we plan on doing in this house. But something that, you know, how many of you know intercession is not just like a group of the older ladies? I mean, listen, older, older ladies that prayed basically got me to where I was today. So I'm all for that. But it's not like trying to pull God's arm and, and we have this idea of prayer meetings being this kind of thing that just the older folks go to and the young people are evangelists. Wow. But that's not at all 
That's not like we, we've got to get out of that frame of thinking because intercessors are not just a group within the church. Intercessors, every believer is called to that. Every single believer, because an intercessor is someone who stands in the gap. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it tonight. But before we do, Matthew 9, because how many of you know there's obviously something God is changing in the earth right now? There's a transition happening in the church. And while the while a lot of the church is just focused on politics and timelines of the rapture, God's building the kingdom of God on the earth. Amen. So I figure if you're new, might as well go for it, you know, just all in. Yeah, just put your seatbelts on, but I'm not waiting for God to rescue me out of here. He came, brought heaven to me, and he's interested in establishing the kingdom of heaven on earth in and through a people, and he will come, but he will come for a bride that says in their heart, a bridal groan that's saying, come Lord Jesus, come, a bride that's made herself ready. So listen, the earth belongs to the Lord. So I don't care who's in office, I don't care who's in government. The government is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And so listen, I'm all for, I, I want, I want Bible-believing Holy Spirit people in government. Like, maybe one of you should just become president, and that would be incredible and amazing. But listen, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, neither of them are my deliverer, my savior. His name, he has a name, and his name's Jesus, and he wasn't thrown off of his throne when COVID happened or when Biden became president, Okay. So I know that we always say he's not in control, but as far as my life goes, he's in control of my life, right? And the only responsibility I have is, is to respond to his love, period, amen? So in Matthew 9, the disciples of John, and we talked about this, but I wanna give you a recap because it's really building toward the foundation of what we're going after. You don't have to turn there, trust me maybe we'll turn to one scripture tonight. Just, just listen, because I'm just gonna fire some stuff off because I wanna get back into worship. But Matthew 9, the disciples of John come to the disciples of Jesus, and they say, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't? Right, so anytime, I, I, I think they made a mistake. All right, is this what you want me to use? All right, he's saying yes. Hello, wow, it's deeper. Can you take this? Makes me sound more anointed. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the disciples of John come to the disciples of Jesus, and basically they ask, why are we more radical than your disciples? And Jesus responds with something profound, and he, he says, you can't mourn when the bridegroom's with you, but they will fast. Right, and then he says, you can't take new wine and pour it into an old wineskin or the wineskins would burst. Right, so what is he saying? He's saying, listen, all of your spiritual disciplines that you have set up trying to get to God, I'm gonna change the whole paradigm of how you pursue me. Right, so you're fasting and you're doing all of the right things. You're even lining yourself with a Pharisee. But the ones that I have, they're gonna be with me for three years and in three and a half years, I'm gonna cut them to the heart. Right, and so you can't mourn when the bridegroom's with you, but one day the bridegroom will go. And when he goes, the mourning is now not just gonna be, I'm gonna fast because it's the thing that I'm supposed to do, but all of a sudden fasting becomes this, I've been wounded by love. And this bridal groan raises up in the heart that you see all the way to Revelation 22. It's a spirit and a bride say come. And it's not a spirit and, it doesn't say spirit and soldiers, 
It doesn't say spirit and warriors, spirit and even sons, but a spirit and a bride say come. And it's not individual brides, it's us individually, corporately becoming a habitation for the Lord. And so what God is doing and always has been doing in the earth is raising a bride. Right, yes, we are sons. Yes, we are soldiers in the kingdom of God. Yes, we're warriors, and I'm all about the warrior spirit. But if you don't know the intimate chamber, you will never know him. Because before Christianity is a battlefield, it's a bridal chamber. And you have no weapons of warfare unless you are looking at his face. Right, so Jesus is saying, I'm gonna take all of the, all of the religious spiritual disciplines that you've set up to get to me and actually I'm gonna come to you and I'm going to ruin you with love. And when I leave, the new wineskin is gonna be lovesick. The new wineskin is I'm going to rip you completely open so that when I leave, a groan will rise up in your heart. Are you with me? So in 2020, what we went after here was it seemed like the whole year was God stripping away every ounce of performance until we found rest, right? So he asked me when everything was shut down, here's what he said. He said, I know you can preach. I know you can sing worship songs. I know you can prophesy. Listen, I know that you can build a church. He said this over our house, but can you sit down? Can you tarry? This is what he said. And I, man, tarrying kind of has this old Pentecostal thing where, we're, we're like Lou Engel in meetings for six hours. And, but that word tarry means to linger with expectation. Right, I'm, I'm taking the production away. I'm taking it all away. I'm gonna get rid of everything so you have nothing until you just come to a table with me. And like the men on the road to Animaeus, he didn't reveal himself while they were walking, going somewhere. He revealed himself when they sat down at a table. I love what Joey said a couple weeks ago, that we need to get off the road of explanation and come to the table of encounter because you have nothing to give without encounter with his presence. Absolutely nothing. So 2020 for us was stripping us from this idea that we're doing a lot of things. And when it all happened, I can tell you this firsthand, I was like the first guy that was like, we need to do more. We gotta get more videos out. We've gotta make sure that, you know, the word stays in front of the people. And the Lord said to me, no, you just wanna stay relevant in front of the people. And honestly, when we came back, we thought, I have no idea if we're gonna be able to open up again. And then we opened up and we grew and we didn't grow because of programs because we don't have any. We, we didn't grow because of a good live stream. We're not even live streaming right now. We didn't grow because of our cameras and our production. We grew because God was in charge. And we honestly did nothing. We really did nothing. We just sat down and we allowed God to be God. And so he's, he's taking this performance thing away from the church, these, this options thing away from the church where we're constantly deciding, like I said, between the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he's saying, if you would come over here, you can eat of life. So I'm gonna remove the options until you become a people of one thing. So listen, David, Psalms 27, this one you can turn to because I want you to see it. Psalms 27, three. Starting verse three says this, though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me in this, everyone say in this, in this, I will be confident. 
one thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Listen, it doesn't say first thing. It says one thing. Okay, we have, we have to see this. In Matthew 6, he says, if your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light. That word single is alpha, it's one. It's not just the first, but it's one. You see, we have set up this idea that he's first on a list with many things underneath it. And I would tell you this, that even if he's first when you wake up in the morning and you spend your 15, 20 minutes with God and he's first on that list and he's your first thing you do, but the list has many other things to accomplish, your eye is not single. Your eye is many. David didn't say, the first thing I seek out of all of my kingly duties is him. And I'm telling you, the Lord's trying me with this as a pastor. You can ask my wife, I love you guys, but I get like 50 texts a day and like 48 phone calls about, I heard a pastor say like, I can't help you pick your washer and dryer out. I just, I can't. No one's ever done that, praise God, but. But there's this thing, there's, I mean, we see it. This is what we're going after with Dwell. We see pastors pressured down with trying to hold up the people when they were never intended to do that. But David found this secret, this heart, that God would say, I sought a man after my own heart. You know, the first, the first mistake Saul makes in scripture, see, if you're gonna understand David, you have to understand Saul. And this is going somewhere toward intercession, I promise you. But you see, Saul in scripture, the first mistake he makes in 1 Samuel, the first thing he does wrong, is he's waiting for Samuel to show up to do a sacrifice, but he can't wait long enough. Anyone ever read 1 Samuel? Just go to chapter 13. God anointed him. He was the anointed one of the Lord. All the, ch the children of Israel are there. They're about to go to war, and he's like, man, I gotta do what I'm supposed to do. And, and Samuel's not here, he's taking forever. And it says that as the people scattered from Saul, Saul felt compelled to do something. You've, we've got to see this, right? The people left me. I believe every great leader will be challenged for sure with this one thing. People will leave you. They're gonna leave you. They're gonna scatter. And so when they scattered, because he was all about the people, he acted in a impulsive way that was like, I, 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 man, the people left and, and Samuel's not here, so I'm gonna act impulsively and I'm, gonna, and I'm gonna do something about it because maybe that'll keep the people from leaving me. And the Lord regretted even raising Saul and it says he sought a man after himself, not after the people, after himself. And David had this secret, he had this yearning in his heart that even a man without the best moral character touched God's heart in such a way that all the way to the end of the book in Revelation 22, God would say that, that his son is from the offspring of David. And generations after David's gone, generations, the children of Israel are one day they're good, one day they're horrible, and generations later he would still say, but because of my servant David. But because of the faithfulness of my son, David, I will stay true to my vow. And it started with this, I wanna build a house for you. 
No one had ever said things like that to the Lord. And it caused this explosive response in God of, I'm gonna build you a house. Are, are you with me? So we have to be a people, not of where he's first on a list. No, actually, he's the only thing on a list. And everything I do, come on, Colossians 3.17, that whatever we do in word or deed, it be done unto him. See, the Marthas are gonna go, man, what about, what about all the things I gotta get done, the good things? There's a lot of good things keeping us from the one thing. What about all the good things I've gotta do? And the Marys will respond, what about doing it with him and through him? This is our pursuit at Risen Nation to be single and fight for simplicity. We're gonna fight for simplicity and when your heart is single, I need you to listen, when your heart is single on him, everything you do becomes intercession. It is not about just a, a 10 minute prayer meeting. We're gonna go after that and we are gonna corporately lean into practically having meetings. But if we don't see this revelation, we will think that tugging on God's arm is gonna get him to move. And the Lord wants something much deeper than that. Hey, Jonathan, I need you, bro. I don't know where you are. Thank you. I wanna read it again. This is our pursuit at Resonation to be single, fight for simplicity, and when your heart is single, everything you do becomes intercession. Now listen, if you study the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, you will find that God sought a man. The whole thing, God seeks a man that'll stand in the gap. Right, we, we've learned this here, but anything God does in the earth, he only does it through a man because in the beginning he said man will have jurisdiction, man will have dominion. So the Lord honoring his own law and saying I'm not gonna do anything unless I do it through them. And listen, women, you're all part of that. We are all sons of God and we are all a bride. But he doesn't do anything unless he do it through the ones that he put their feet on the ground. And so listen, I sought a man. This is Ezekiel 22. I sought a man. Actually, yeah, Ezekiel 23, 23, 30. I sought a man who would stand in the gap and I found no one. Isaiah 59, 16. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness, it sustained him. And listen, when he couldn't find a man, like I said in worship, when he couldn't find a man, he became one. And he threw himself into that gap. And it says it like this in Isaiah 58, those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach. The, re breach, the breach is, you have a, you, you've got a hole in your wall. You have a gap in your bridge and he came to restore it back. Listen, Jesus is Jacob's ladder. Jesus is the door and he suspended himself in the air on a tree bridging the gap between God and man. And until we, we will never know how to actually intercede unless we see that Jesus is constantly interceding on our behalf. And yes, he came as savior and yes, he came as deliverer, but he came as intercessor. It says in Hebrews 7, 25, therefore, he also is able 
to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Come on. He who knew no sin became sin, that you and I might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Just want to throw a bunch of scripture at you. Listen, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. I heard Corey Russell say it like this. Jesus is the perfect revelation of the Father to us and the perfect revelation of us to the Father. Jesus came and he had to be touched with every weakness that you would ever deal with. Every single weakness. And I love to think, listen, what I love is that there is an actual man seated up there right now. Like he came and he ate with them and he ascended on high and a man pierced the heavens. And there is a man up there. I see, I saw it this week. There's a man up there still praying, John 17. There's a man up there that's saying, Father, may they be one, even as you and I are one. Don't forget your mercy. What I love is in Genesis 4, Cain kills Abel, and God comes to Cain and says, where's your brother? His blood cries out from the earth. And he marked Cain from that day forward with judgment. And then you get, later on, you get to Hebrews. Get to Hebrews 12, and it says this, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than Abel. You see, blood has voice. The blood of Abel cried out to God from the earth. And if Abel's blood cried justice, the blood of Jesus cried mercy. You didn't come here tonight to get told all about your sin because there's something very right about you that he would have given his life and be seated forever crying mercy on your behalf. We've got to stop telling you what's wrong with you and we have to start telling you what's right with you because the more you believe you're a sinner, the more you're gonna sin. But when you actually take on, Lord, you've made me in your image. I am a son of God. I am the light of the world. And you're seated up there right now as a man crying mercy. Like what is man that you are so mindful of him? The son of man that you had visited him. Anyone ever been in love in this room? And you like, you wake up thinking about them. You go to sleep thinking about them. You feel the maybe text in your, in your pocket. You open it, but it's not there. And you're like, it's been like four minutes. It's been four minutes since they text me back. If you're a wife, you're like, I'm gonna kill him. What could he possibly be doing for five minutes? Emily doesn't do that, not at all. Listen, his blood cried mercy and he marked us for himself. Why? Because the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Now he invites us to carry our own cross, throwing ourselves into that same gap until heaven and earth become one. We are created to be repairers of the breach.
He's entrusted us to be intercessors as him before the people. Our job through living a life of intercession is a ministry of reconciliation. Don't, don't tell me, you know, bro, I'm just, I don't believe there's a calling to intercession. This is what I'm learning. No matter what you do, when you're telling somebody about Jesus and Starbucks, you are standing in a gap between two worlds. When you're prophesying over somebody, when you're giving somebody a word of knowledge, where are you getting the knowledge from? The Lord's called us to be repairers of the breach. We, you know what we're obsessed with in the church today? We're obsessed with putting everything in little compartments. So we've got the people at his feet. The evangelists are mad at the people at his feet. We, we've got the prophets and then we're like, man, their chip is swirly. I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> Just wait till we start worshiping again. But do you realize that before you're an apostle, teacher, pastor, and evangelist, we need to like take the mask off and realize that we're first sons and daughters and, and we're all like, we come into an environments like this and we wanna show our five-fold ministry, shut up. Sorry, it's just like the first night. <sighs> take the mask off, we're his kids. He says, come to me. Like, Come to the greatest evangelist that's ever walked the earth. Come to the greatest prophet, the greatest teacher, the greatest pastor, and get so lost in him that you drip with him. And what if equipping was about his presence? If you see that Jesus, this intercessor, is sitting on the throne right now crying mercy, I promise you it's the secret to righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.18 20. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us to the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Every ministry flows through intercession. They asked Mother Teresa, because people have this man like, okay, well teach us how to pray. You know what God said? I'll just read it to you. I asked the Lord this week, what does it look like to partner with you in intercession and prayer? Here's exactly what he said. I heard it like this. Come up here, my son. This is what I heard. I have a seat for you in heavenly places. And if you learn to wait, I'll make you a gate. I thought that rhymed. <laughs> Come up, my son. I have a seat for you in heavenly places. And if you can learn to wait, I'll make you a gate. How many remember? Jacob has a dream and he sees a ladder and angels ascending and descending and he wakes up and he says, this is nothing other but the house of the Lord, the gate of heaven. How many of you know you are the house of God? Come on, is anybody awake and alive? Raise your hand if you're the house of the Lord. If you are the house of the Lord, you also are the gate into heaven. If you are the house of God on the earth and you are praying, Father, let heaven come, you're the beginning of that. 
This is what it means to be an intercessor. We're gonna lean into it practically and have meetings. But what does true prayer work, look like? You know, they asked, Joey sent me this, they asked Mother Teresa this question. An interviewer said, you say that you pray all the time. What do you say to God? She said, I don't say anything, I listen. The response somewhat put the interviewer off footing and after he regrouped his thoughts, he said, well then, what does he say to you? She said, he doesn't say anything, he listens. There was, there was fairly a long pause after which Mother Teresa said, if you can't understand that, I can't explain it to you. So I thought, let me, let me try to explain this to you. You really know you're praying when you forget that you're praying. Like you really know you're worshiping when you forget you're singing. Anyone ever been there? Anyone ever gone into the, anyone spend time with Jesus in, in this house? Okay. Any, anyone ever gone into the secret place and you forget you're there? Anyone got before God and as the glory actually increased, the words became fewer? Has anyone ever experienced this ecstasy that we can experience in this presence? See, we don't like that in religion, but I have a goal in this house. We are absolutely gonna throw religion in the trash, okay? Because there is this place in God where you can get so caught up in heavenly places that being an intercessor looks like being still. The house of the Lord, the gate of heaven. Can I have the whole worship team, please? A gate sits in front of a house and it is there to, to open up, to allow in to the glory of that house. But here's what we've done in the church today and we've learned this. See, if the gate is, is what opens and shuts, how many of you know that the anointing is the movement of God? Right, so when we're in meetings like this and we begin to corporately worship, everyone can tell the room changes, right? And there's moments where he comes with such power and you're like, wow, I, I felt something. I sensed something change. That's called the anointing of the Lord. You can always tell when the anointing is there and when it's not. And you're more sensitive than you think, I promise. But if the anointing is what opens and closes, right, there's something about like singing by yourself and that's powerful. But when you get with a group of people and you begin to worship, how many of you would say there's, there's like this, this expression that is, that's just bigger. And God tends to move when two or three are gathered, right? So if the anointing is the gate, what we do in church today is we get people mesmerized by the gate, never entering into the house of glory. And rather than being someone who repairs a breach, we set up a breach because we want people to see us and our gifting, and our anointing, and our good church, and listen, uh, the anointing left, I'm gone now, but, but if we would li wait long enough, if we would get out of the way enough and actually lay our lives down and become a bridge called an intercessor, people might be able to get past the gate and enter the house of glory. You see, you always know the difference between the anointing and the glory is that the anointing, when it comes, it's all about the one God's anointed. But when glory hits, you can walk off the stage and nobody would even notice. Your life is a gate. The story of Abraham, you see it all over scripture. 
God wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham talked God from 50 to 10. Moses, the Lord comes to Moses and says, you know what, I'm sick of these people. All they do is complain. I'm gonna get rid of them and I'm gonna start over with you. He says, Lord, you can't do that. What kind of relationship is that with God? And in, in an old covenant, like what are we missing today? We're consumed by Washington. And he's like, what you bind, heaven will bind. What you lose, heaven will lose. You're wanting me to do it. I'm waiting for you to do it. You see, here's the difference between someone who can prophesy and someone who's actually a prophet. Intercession. Someone who can prophesy is a good echo. But a prophet carries the authority within his words to create an environment. A prophet carries the authority to actually shift something and transform something, and God will back up a prophet. And that's dangerous to tell immature Christians because they're like, I'm just gonna say whatever I want. No, you don't understand. Here's the deal. You have to die, come alive to God, be lost in God until your voice becomes as God. This is an intercessor. You are standing between two opposing parties a perfect revelation of one unto another. The story of Esther. God raises a woman to stand in the gap on behalf of a people. Can the women stand up quickly? Can you guys lift your hands in, men? I want you to stretch your hands toward them. I just really, man, I, I, I've been feeling this all week. That the Lord is gonna pour out the spirit of Esther on women in this house. So close your eyes. Father, I thank you for the spirit of Esther hitting women in this house. That Lord, women's voices are gonna shake the earth, if not more than men. Lord, we break the lie that says, I'm not good enough. Lord, we break anxiety over women in this house. Lord, I thank you that you are raising women in this hour for such a time as this. And God says, the spirit of Esther is coming upon you. Raise them up, Lord. I really heard, especially for Emily. Father, I thank you. you're going to take the quiet ones and bring them to the front. Lord, you don't look for the loud ones. You look for the ones that are with you secretly in the hills of Bethlehem or changing diapers, one or the other. Lord, raise up her voice. And let it hit like a wave, God, every woman in this house. Send them out, God, mighty, a Joel 2 army, God. Kaylee, you've been mistaken as somebody who is loud, performs, but God says, no, I'm gonna show them what true boldness and confidence looks like. I 
thank you, God, that you will stand in stadiums and people will tremble, Lord, as she goes absolutely nuts over you. You've raised her. You've raised her to mess with religion. Spirit of Esther, fall. In Jesus' name. Now everybody stand up. This is how God responds to the intercessors. If you guys can just lift it behind me. This is Revelation 8, 1 through 5. And all God is saying tonight is, will you come to the gap and stand with me? We're gonna get more into practically what does it look like for us as a church to corporately pray? Because this is what he's leading us into. Worship, and here's what's amazing, is in scripture, especially in the Testament, whenever you see the word prayer, it's always attached to the word worship. If you look it up in the Strongs, you'll always see in parentheses, worship. Prayer, worship, and a community that's marked by nothing other than the presence of Jesus. This is what he's doing. And God is gonna cause an awakening, an awakening in a remnant of people everybody that is not in that remnant. This is how he responds to an intercessor. Revelation 8, verse one, when he opened up the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. I always get this picture of like, the Lord said, shh, 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 shh. they're talking. Let's listen. And he saw the seven angels who stand before God and to them were given seven trumpets then another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar and he was given much incense that he, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which was the prayers of the saints, the incense itself, it's like God collected the incense itself and he gathered it up and he presented it before the throne. And it ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took a censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it back to the earth. And there were noises and thunderings and lightning and earthquakes. You see, God's about to pour out a great awakening in the earth. I've been, not to be weird, but like I'm not a numbers person, but for you can ask my wife, for six months, every day, I see 11-11 for six months, every single day. And I, and, and I don't know how I missed this, but I should just read it. I saw it again today, and finally, finally, I was, I'm like, this is just getting weird, Lord. He led me to John 11, 11. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Man, it, that, I, I haven't heard a more clear, we have so many prophecies, we have prophecies galore. If you don't believe that COVID-19 and everything that's happening is to wake up the church, to wake up a sleeping bride, that like, listen, like Song of Solomon, she fell asleep and lost her beloved. And the Lord is saying, come to me. Come sit at a table with me. Your works haven't really got you anywhere because if preaching was the answer, the world would have been saved a long time ago. The Lord is raising up people that are gonna stand in the gap. 
whether that's through evangelism in public or going into a closet, you never leave the call of an intercessor. And here's what prayer looks like. Wait upon the Lord. And those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They're like, wait, so I just wait? Yeah, there's no hidden Hebrew meaning to wait. It means wait. Wait, it, it surely can't be that easy. No, 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 you have nothing to do with it. Surely there's more that we've got to do. I've got to get through my list today. No, 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 only one thing he said. One thing is needed. Like if it doesn't get any more easier, any more clear than that. One thing is needed. And Mary found that one thing. And the Marthas are like, man, I'll do that one thing as long as it's married to production. I'll do that one thing as long as it's gonna help me grow my church. I'll do that one thing if it makes me more anointed in front of the people. And the Lord's saying, you are nothing more than a gate to open up the house of glory. This house will be a house of one thing. A bunch of intercessors that are standing in the gap because heaven invading earth starts with you. So come on, let's lift our hands. Come on, lift it up. Lord, tonight we've come for nothing other than to say yes to being repairers of the breach. We are not afraid of the gap. Throw us into it, Lord. Jesus came to Peter. He said, Satan asked that you might be sifted. What an offensive verse. How does this devil have that much even access to the Lord? He said, the enemies come and he asked me that you might be sifted, but I've prayed for you. that your faith may not fail. Like it's like the enemy came to Jesus and said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a shot at this one. And Jesus said, take your best shot, but on this one condition, I'm gonna pray for him. And he goes to Peter and he says, listen, I've prayed for you, past tense. Before the enemy came to sift you, I've already prayed for you. And here's the deal, your faith will not fail you, Peter. And after you've returned to me, Strengthen your brethren. You have a man with every eye closed and every hand lifted. You've got to see this. You have a man named Jesus, who's your husband, your elder brother, and your Lord, all at the same time, seated on the throne right now, interceding on your behalf. And he's never changed his mind about you. He's never decided, you know what, this person's just too much full of sin. No, you don't understand. His blood is louder than anything you could have ever done or did. And, and here's the truth. The more we believe that, the more we're gonna become like him. The secret to righteousness, the secret to holiness is lay down your life and realize that you can't do it. The secret to holiness is, Lord, I give up. We are incredible at making the flesh strong in the church today. We're incredible at strengthening spirit, but it doesn't say the strong in spirit. It says the weak in spirit, the poor in spirit shall inherit. So Lord, we come tonight with everything. As we lift this up, let's make this the heart cry of this house is that God find himself when he seeks a church that'll stand in the gap. He says, I have found resignation. When you seek a house 
when you seek a person that will stand in the gap, you're gonna say, I have found the house that longs for nothing other but to be a dwelling place for the Lord. And God, I thank you that as we go after this, that as we pursue this, the Lord, miracles, signs, and wonders are just gonna be a byproduct of that. Lord, I thank you for anybody that came with sickness in their body, with disease, with fear, with, with sleepless nights, with anxiety, with torment. God says it's finished, it's finished. Right there, you right there in the white shirt, God says it's finished. You don't have to worry about not having any more sleep and dealing with the fear of it. The torment's gone. God, I thank you for freedom over her life. I thank you for rest. I thank you that you are causing us to enter into your rest. You are saying, come up here. I have a place for you in heavenly places. Come up here and learn to wait with me and I'll make you a gate for me. And so heaven invade earth through your life. We worship you, Jesus, in this house. We've come to give you everything tonight. Come on, lift your voices. Let's lift your voices all over the room. Sing out a song to him. Throw us in the gap, Lord. Throw us in the gap. May the spirit of intercession rise. May the spirit of intercession rise. Hey, thanks so much for joining today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed that message. If you'd like more information about our church and the events we have going on throughout the week, or even for prayer requests, you can visit us at risennation.org for more information. Grace and peace to you today.